Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. I am excited to be joined today by uh, someone who I think is a real visionary in the golf course architecture space. Um, you may have seen some of his work across three continents. He's been involved in more than 60 different courses in terms of redesigns or, or original designs. His name is Augustine Pisa. Joining me from, uh, I think you're in Mexico right now, you said? Puerto Vallarta, at, hell yes. At your headquarters. How's, how are things going today? Oh, beautiful. Another day in paradise, tropical side of Mexico. So we get to live fabulous weather from November till May. After that, we pay our cover charge, which is hurricane season and 110 degrees. So uh, their eight months of the year are fantastic. Yeah. Well, good. I hope there's some <laughs> good golf there too. Are there any, uh, any notable courses around you that people might really pay attention to? Definitely. We have uh, in Mexico, uh, we have three golf destinations per se, the Cancun area, Mayan uh, culture or Riviera uh, Mayan. And we have Los Cabos, Cabo and Puerto Vallarta. Those are our three major golf hubs uh, for touristic golf. And here we have Punta Mita, one of the best resorts with two Jack Nicklaus uh, signature golf courses, Bahia and Pacifico, and the only resort that has St. Regis and Four Seasons in the same in the same uh, development. So it's a uh, very nice Vidanta and also a Weisskopf course, which I like a lot. And and also one worth mentioning is El Tigre. El Tigre is designed by Robert von Hege, another one of my mentors, and is just a fantastic track, a very good test of golf and and uh, housing complex very good well there you go i suggest if you are interested in a trip to mexico for golf uh dm augustine on twitter and, and he can give you a full uh, itinerary it sounds like but love to uh, that's great um before i get into um your unique concepts and we're going to talk about wellness golf and sustainable golf courses that you've built just to give everyone a background on on you um i know that you studied in Scotland uh, at Edinburgh University and, and got your, your ASGCA tartan, a couple of those I think you said you have. What's, what's your background? Uh, why did you decide to get into the career of, of golf course architecture? I'm an, I'm an architect by trade. So I have a five-year degree uh, vertical architecture uh, degree. And I knew very from a very young age that I wanted to be a sports architect. I don't know if I was if I was going to be able to do stadiums or parks or recreational or whatever, but I wanted to do something that had to do with sports. And it wasn't till I graduated that I that I uh, started to play golf again or took up golf again. I I tried it when I was young, when I was like eight, 10, 11 years old, and it never clicked. I played basketball, tennis football, any, probably any swimming, any major sport you can think of. My, I come from a family of, of PE teachers. Both my, my parents are PE teachers. My great uncle was the first uh, Mexican to swim across the English Channel. And uh, funny enough, he was the uh, stuntman for Weissmuller's black and white Tarzan. So I, that I grew up with all of that. And uh, my grandfather, another, another uh, crazy sports uh, you know, fan and, 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 and did everything that had to do with physical education. 
So I, I had that in my blood. And the architecture side of how am I going to mix sports with architecture? And it wasn't until I grabbed my clubs after I graduated, I'm in the city of Tijuana where I'm born and raised. And I'm in Tijuana trying out my old set of clubs that I don't know where I dusted them off. And all of a sudden it was like, like just a lightning bolt that hit me. And this is, it has to be golf architecture. It has to be, somebody has to design these things. It has to be golf architecture. Yes. And I'm just all excited. And in the same time, the project manager from the, 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 the job that I had was telling me about his nephew that, um, that, that worked for Jack Nichols. And long story short, a month later, I'm working for Paragon or at Paragon, Jack Nichols's uh, construction company back in 98 in doing Palmilla, El Dorado. And, and then when that, when that uh, finished, I went to do Carencia with Tom Fazio. So that's how I started to, that gave me the opportunity to really uh, uh, link my two passions, sports and architecture through golf design. Yeah. And I've heard you talk about how, you know, golf is the one, I, I guess you could say the one sport where the ground is really like your, your work of art. Uh, I've talked to someone else about this before, maybe like snow skiing or somewhere like that is, is the closest maybe comparable sport in terms of being able to really just like shape the the ground of the playing surface into something um, entirely unique and beautiful. Um, completely, completely agree, Alan. That's a good point. And what what happens here is that you know golf was defined by nature, and it's the uh, or one of the few sports, or probably of the popular sports. It's the only popular sport that is defined by nature. Man did not define it. We didn't define a court that's forty by sixty or a hundred by 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 eighty, whatever. So it, it is very interesting, and that that comes with a lot of responsibility, of course, because you have a blank canvas that is not blank. You have to take care of the of the soil, of the of the microclimate, of the of everything that's surrounding that beautiful space and that beautiful piece of land. That some people call it a blank canvas. It's not blank. You have to be very responsible and very creative, and be really in touch with nature to create and to enhance that part of, uh, uh, with a, with a, with a very nice, uh, golf development. Sure. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that, but you mentioned Jack Nicholas and, and a couple others that you've worked with. I know you worked with Mr. Gary player as well. Who would you say, obviously those guys, but who else, um, has been a big influence on you and your design career? Oh, uh, I would, I would, there's there's there is more than a handful because I try to absorb and I absorb everything, every little intrinsity from each one. Like from Gary Player when we did Costa Baja, now El Cortez in La Paz, a Gary Player signature was my first time with him. And every single walkthrough, he has so many stories. He is very very diligent when it comes to nature and when it comes to sustainability. I learned a lot from him in that aspect. With Jack Nicholas, I was fortunate, been fortunate to work for uh, Jack Nicholas uh, golf courses in my in my career, and every single time that I'm listening to him, you know, just grabbing and grasping everything that comes out of his knowledge, his brain, and uh, his technical side. So I learned a lot of what resort style design was, 
So that a little bit of resort, a little bit of maintenance. Then when you go to Robert Von Hage, Robert Von Hage, who I think is one of the best or was uh, uh, one of the best strategic architects and, he, and his framework is, is, is beautiful, that uh, whenever Robert Von Hage had a very nice piece of land, he really created a nice test for golf. So the strategy part of Von Hege is another element that, that, uh, they, that we grasp on. And uh, last but not least, Mr. Tom Fazio. Just imagine the opportunity to work with Tom Fazio, the attention to detail, the aesthetics, the views, the beauty. So all of that. Now, top it off with uh, working for a Scottish architect, Ken Moody, in the UK with my master's degree specifically in golf course architecture, playing and walking the gems or the majority of golf links over there on that side. All of a sudden, I have all of this knowledge in one, in one sphere that I, uh, I'm very lucky and I consider myself very lucky to have. What's your favorite Scottish course? That you play oh, or, or UK Cruden, course. Cruden Bay probably is one of my one of my top. I love them all. I mean, every I've learned a lot from even the old course at St Andrews. Uh, it, it is just an amazing piece of land. When you when you go back and you and you and you really want to study strategic golf, there's nothing better than the old course in St Andrews. But when you play those hidden gems like Nairn or Cruden Bay, Prestwick, you know Prestwick where where the Open started. It is just, it really touches the button, your buttons. And, and to know that all of that was created by nature 500 years ago, 300 years ago, and that golf really began to evolve. And all of a sudden, the, that evolution and that norm of 18 became the rule and the par became the rule. But at the end, golf grew very organically in those 300, 400 years, 500 years. And that is what I grab onto when it comes to going, going and, and trying to create, uh, a, a, you know, unlearn golf as we know it, which I like to say, I like to unlearn golf as we know it and try to go and experiment with what happened and how it evolved uh, centuries ago. That's interesting because I think that, like you're talking about, that plays into the idea of creating different golf experiences for different people. Um, the, the idea that a golf course doesn't have to be 18 holes or a golf experience doesn't have to be a set number of holes, a, a certain routing, a particular way, and that's evident in a lot of your design work. Can you talk about how your your idea of golf course design sort of sh sort of shifted and and became what it is today in your and and now you're producing these projects for what you've coined the term wellness golf and I want to get into what that is but but how over time did you see that and you're like you know what I don't have to build 18 holes every single place that I go yes uh, it's very interesting that process I think uh, as an artist, if, if you take my artistic side now, let's, let's, let's go on that side for a bit. The, there's no better stage of an artist than the experimental, the phase, phase of an artist than the experimental phase. Musicians, painters, sculptures, architects, the experimental phase is just something that you know, it's just magic is coming out because what happens, when do you get to that point now? When you're young, 
you 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 get inspired, obviously, by by mentorship, by all these great names, and you follow them, and you and you at a certain point you want to copy or whatever you want to do, but and and you learn the rule book. You go for the guidelines. You learn the rule book, and it's perfect and beautiful. When you start getting into the experimental phase, is when you start designing with the exceptions. And to get to that, it takes a few years. Takes studying, takes knowledge, takes experiment, takes years, and it takes pantalones as well because you have to risk it. You have to you have to really grab onto your beliefs and say, "Hey, wait a minute, why can't I question this?" I'm I'm a, I, I like to think of myself as a critical thinker, and so I I challenge myself. I I challenge what I know and what I think I know. And, and question myself, why? And that's on all aspects. And the same with golf architecture. So we've been doing this. I've been in the golf industry for 23 years. And on the 19th year, which was about four, three, four years ago, I asked myself, you know, why aren't we designing for the non-golfer? We have the golfer right there. We have them. Why don't we design for the non-golfer? And this is a way to really grow the game this is a way to re kind of like rethink and unlearn about the slope, the rating, the pars, the, 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 the number of holes. Those are just norms that became the rules or the norms. But why can't we go back? You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of um, uh, designers, architects, they go back and the furthest that, they go back, and this is not with critiquing, this is just a, you know, just to put an example, and it's a fact. The furthest they go back is to the golden age of golf architecture. What about further back? What about further back and really, you know, really grasp and how, how could you imagine that ball going to that rabbit hole and having a lot of fun of just the, it was just about who knocks it in in the less amount of hits, and that's it. Why can't we go back to that freshness of golf? Yeah. That's fresh. Right. Uh -huh. That's it. That's the only thing you need to do out there, out there and enjoy the 360 degrees and the camaraderie and everything that surrounds you. So right now we're only, we're fixed on our handicap. We're fixed on our, on our, on, on, on what's the score. And we don't stop and listen to the birds, uh, enjoy the sounds. Uh, relax, have a, have, have a cigar, have a drink, have, you know, just take your shoes off enjoy, connect with nature, enjoy nature, enjoy everything that has to do with golf. And that is how, if I may move forward a little bit, that, that is how wellness golf was created. It was actually thinking, uh, critical thinking of why do we have to do the same things over and over and over? And is the golden age of architecture, our top, our top and best expression of golf. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to find out. Well, it's all, yeah, I, it's very interesting that how you got to that place. And once you did and, and started to say like, all right, well, I don't have to think about this the same way I always have. Now what? Can you think of your first project or, or a particular project in mind where once that clicked, 
you were able to put the wheels into motion and and describe what what came out of that. Yes, I mean, I, at first, I always take notes when I'm when I'm in a you know I have my sketchbook, I take notes and have different things that come into mind, and uh, and I know that I'm going to use twenty years from now, five years from now, two months from now. I know that I will use those notes. So I have different notes, playing barefoot, you know, different different things uh, uh, that that I just mentioned right now. The whys and the whys, and asking yourself why. So when I when I had a a uh, our client in Chablé Resort in Merida, Yucatan, wanted to create a golf course in in in, in Chablé. Chablé is one of the best resort wellness golf res, wellness resorts in the world. Look it up, Chable, C-H-A-B-L-E, resort. It is just an amazing, an amazing place in the Mayan forest. So when I, when I get there and I, and I see all of these wellness surrounding me and this beautiful place, magical, great architecture, vertical architecture, great vertical architecture that, has, that won awards all over the place. I'm like, I need to synchronize Golf to wellness. I cannot come in here and just come in with my big chested, oh, let's let's do this 18-hole championship, 7,000 yards. I could not do that. And in my book, Al, being an architect, especially a horizontal architect, takes a lot of responsibility because as, as we spoke about it a while ago, it's not a blank canvas. It is a canvas that has been there for millions or thousands of years, depending on on uh, on where you're at, or maybe or or maybe a, a few years back. But it's still nature. What are you going to do with that specific space to enhance and to create a very sustainable golf course in the economic, social, and ecologic way? Because sustainability usually is 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 just when you say sustainability, usually it's just ecological. And no, it also has to be economical and social so that you can have a very good sustainable uh, project for the use of man. That, that's put it into perspective. It's for the use of men. Once, once you have something on earth that's for the use of man, we're going to alter it. Now, that's how much are we going to alter and what are we going to do? So you, that's an act of responsibility. And as an act of responsibility, I feel very responsible and I take it with full ethics of what am, are we going to build that really, that really is favorable to our client and to the space that we're talking about. So we, so I, I came up with a, the concept of wellness golf, which is again, I want you to take your shoes off, connect with nature, uh, enjoy the 360 degrees. So let's build this place that has four greens in the middle, uh, an, an X-shaped form with different tees where you can create different, different experiences within the experience. So now I'm going to start to use the word multi-purpose because multi-purpose golf is what we've been doing in the past three or four years which is, and that inspiration came from various parts. And one, two, well, I'll tell you two of them. One of them is the board games, where you have the Chinese checkers on one side, you flip it over, you can play chess, you flip it over, you can play uh, checkers. 
I said, why can't we have on the same space different uses? The same with, we grew up with it in the gyms in our, in our, uh, in our schools. You know, you have the gym and you have the basketball court, the volleyball court, the, the, the uh, badminton, whatever you want to play. You just know that the operating side is going to take care of it. And you know when to go depending on what you want to play. So we started to create, to work and play around all of this. And that's for the multi-purpose angle. And again, the wellness golf. And what is wellness out? Wellness is well-being. What's your well-being? Do you like to meditate? Do you like a big cigar with a mimosa? Do you like to just to read? Do you like to walk your dog? What is your well-being? And that is what I want you to feel at Chablet and at our projects that we do in multi-purpose wellness golf. That is what I want you. What is your well-being? We have a space for you in this, in, 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 our, in our golf temple per se. So that's, that's what we want to create. And on top of that, now let me go to the technical side. The strategy behind Chablet Resort, Wellness Golf, the pit, and everything that we're doing also has all sorts of shots that any plus handicapper would just go crazy. Our tee boxes are designed as an inverted plate. So if you want to, you know, you can use the, the, the area, the flat surface to just uh, shoot some, some, get some shots in, or you can use all of the surrounding area. And that way you'll have the ball below your feet, on top of your feet, behind your feet, or in front, and you're, you're throwing uneven lies into different approach shots that we also create. So we have all sorts of pot bunkers, uh, bunkers with 12% with degree to the other side where you have to stop it before you hit the water. So it is also a place where you can find any type of shot within 180 yards in the case of, of wellness golf, or in the case of the pit, within 80 yards shot in. You can look uh, at some of these designs on his website, P-I-Z-A, pizzagolf.com. Um, and you can you can see how you would be able to, especially I'm, I'm looking at the Cheble right now, the, the X type of design where you could play across, directly across diagonal, one green to another. You could play vertically, you could play horizontally. Uh, it's kind of, uh, the golf course is your is your oyster, per se. Exactly. And it is, it has taken some time. I'll tell you, uh, you know, it's, it's taken some time because guests that arrive to, to wellness golf, they're like, okay, what's, I need the scorecard. No, sir. You, this is your, this is yours. Go, uh, you know, just, just have fun. No, but I need a scorecard. We're so used to what we know that we don't take a step back to look at the big, you know, the big screen and say, wow, wait a minute. Oh, this is mine. Okay. Now we can play like this, like that, like this. It's, it's, you can take a, uh, besides the X, you can take a circuit in, uh, I kind of like visualize it like, uh, like, 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 like a ski slope. No, you can take the less intimidating one, the, the bunny slopes, you can take that, or you can crisscross the lake and challenge yourself to, to some cool shots, uh, uh, and, and, and with a, a little bit of more risk and you're creating experiences within the experiences in, in corporate outings. We have those X's where you have tastings 
So you have a nice uh, glass of wine, tequila or mezcal with lobster tacos. And then you're in one station, then you rotate to the other station and you rotate to the other station. And all of a sudden you have this experience within the experience and, and people are fortunately loving it. Great. Uh, I want to experience that <laughs> now that I hear you talk about it. Um, can you talk about the, the term that you, I've heard you use the fifth facade uh, when you're looking at a golf course, uh, what is that? And, and why is that important to you? The fifth facade, being an architect by trade out brings me, gives, gave me these tools that I, I think like an architect. The fifth facade is as simple as the rooftop. But now that everybody has drones, now that these uh, smaller footprint golf experience that we're designing, wellness golf, multi-purpose golf, they could be actually, we're opening up for smaller developers. So if you have a, a, a sky rises, you know, you have your buildings, multifamily uh, complex, you're gonna be out of your balcony and you're gonna see the fifth facade, which is the rooftop. So what are we doing with that rooftop is creating also an artistic composition. So when we're designing, if you take a look at Wellness Golf, it, 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 it was an inspiration by Picasso. Almost. So you have these lines and those greens and everything that's coming into this grass sculpture, because that's how I like to define it, into this grass sculpture, all of a sudden you zoom out and, it, and it's a very nice composition. It's a very nice work of art, if I may say so. At least that's what I think about our work. <laughs> I see now, I mean, the popularity of drone photography has become so vast now that um, you know, I, the most engaged with photos that I tend to, I run our Instagram account, the most engaged with photos are always the ones it seems like from above or, or from a very bird's eye view of, of courses now. Um, so it's, it's something to think about for sure. I think if you're, if you're building a golf course, you want it to look fascinating and, and, and amazing to someone from, from above, from that. Well, you really, yes, definitely. Al. You really want to pay attention to what you're doing. The line of play, is that your best angle? There's no, I'll tell you a little secret, but I, that what I think, there's no, I mean, I, I just hate, it doesn't happen to me, but I just don't like when a golf hole is, somebody takes a picture of a golf hole that's not the, in the line of play, and it's the most beautiful shot, and that's the one on the calendar, and that's the one here, and that's the one there. And it's like, wait a minute, why, why didn't you twist it? And that, that should have been your, your line of play. So why is, your, is the picture not taken into the, from the line of play? That is, that is, if your best angle is your profile or your back of your head, there's something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. In the sense of su sustainability, um, I've seen one of your slideshows where you talk about 90% of someone's investment in a golf course goes underground. Can you talk about the importance of when thinking about someone building a golf course, why beneath the surface matters so much? It matters on the, uh, on the economy. Uh, that's uh, when I, when I mentioned responsibility as an architect, that's part of the responsibility. You know, it's very easy to say, let's, let's build this golf course, wall-to-wall -wall irrigation, give me 3,500 heads, when probably you should be using 1,200 heads. 
but so so the side the responsibility of the the infrastructure that goes underneath it is very very important to take care of the client usually a client just does one golf course they're not it's very seldom that with that one has five six ten and then they have the experience usually it's just a one-off one developer one one uh one project so if 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 he lands or or they the developer lands with a group that you know they're thinking about making money and making business and let's put 35 or 5000 heads let's do this let's do that let's do all you know move uh 2 million cube, cubic yards then all of that is gets buried and some courses need that yes i understand it but not all of them so you have to we as architects or i'll speak about me i as an architect take a lot of responsibility in in this uh, building or conceptual phase of the design. And I like to think, and I usually am thinking, and I, well, not usually, I always think about value engineering while I'm designing. And I came, why, why do I do that? Because again, my architecture upbringing, and also that at my first six years of my career, I spent them working for the, the actual construction companies. So I know the ins and outs of a construction company. I know what they do, what they think, how they uh, try and sneak this here or this there or whatever. So when that happens, when I have that experience, that's why we also offer project management because we take care of, of our client, the monies and everything that goes underneath. That comes with a lot of responsibility, Alan. I, I know it's kind of tricky to talk about it, but uh, it, is, it, is, it is very, very important that what goes underneath the golf course is really what the project and the client and nature needs. With the success of Chablay, with, with the, the pit, and I know you have the pit two now I've seen, so there's a couple of versions of that. What's next? What do you want to do next? Do you have uh, some projects that are in the works that you can speak to? Uh, yes, we have. Uh, I cannot mention the names, but I can speak about the uh, about the concept because I'm really, really excited about uh, what's what's coming next. The multi-purpose projects are, you know, I, I, I've said this before, but it's it's growing up in the 80s. I was a little bit nervous of being a one kid wonder with the pit. And all of a sudden, we've gotten, uh, uh, you know, inquiries and, and contracts to do the pit two, the pit three, and almost the pit four. So at least we got that out of the way, because when we're out there uh, taking a risk in these types of designs, you never know if the second one is going to, you never know if it's going to explode in your face, all of this uh, wellness golf or multi-purpose golf. Luckily, it hasn't. And we're very happy doing it. On top of that, we also love to create master plans. And 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 18 hole championship golf courses. Also, we're also very passionate about that. What I do want to talk to you about is something that we will, if you invite me later on in the year, we'll talk exclusively about this because we have a project that we're doing in uh, in the north of Mexico that the that the the uh, the brief was an 18 hole championship golf course, you know, master plan community. But with our 
out of the box doing or out of the box thinking. We really wanted to take it to the next step, to the next level. And we proposed four loops of six. And with those four loops of six that has like a butterfly, we call it the butterfly effect, because I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with the chaos, the chaos uh, theory or the butterfly effect, where, where uh, a butterfly in the Amazon could create an effect of a tornado in Tennessee. Right. Uh, it is, it, that's, how, that's another thing that being an architect brings to the table. We justify every single project. Every single project has to have a why. It has to be justified. It has to have a why are we doing this and with what purpose? So all of that, now we have this butterfly effect that actually looks like a butterfly, ironically. And you can have seven different combinations in one master plan community. You play, if you imagine the butterfly right now with the four wings, you can play one, two, and three, one, three, and four, one, two, and four, and then you can play the inner route, then you can play the outer route, then you can play 12, then you can play 12 on top, and then you can play six, six, and six. It's beautiful. If I have the chance and, my, and, our, and our client, our next client has the space, I would never design an 18-hole championship golf course again. It would always be four loops of six. So what you just, just described um, in terms of the, the butterfly model, the four by six, um, I know that, that, I mean, it's an awesome idea and, and something really you and I were discussing, neither of us has, has ever really heard of that anywhere. And you have, I think, another potential bit of news regarding that as well, from what I understand, right? Yeah, sir. Everything has happened just so dynamically and so organic, Al, that it's just been, it's just been an uh, unbelievable experience. I mean, that's, uh, I'll tell you, before I tell you the, the, the great news that I want to share, it is, it is a concept that, again, going back to the whys, why are you doing this? You know, the, why, what's, the, what's the actual, how is this going to influence in a positive note on the economical, the social, and the, and the ecological side? So that's what we thought about, you know, with six more holes, we can create all of these experiences. And again, that takes us back to resources. You know, instead of creating the 36 hole or, or having another developer come in and do another 18 hole golf course, and then all of a sudden have a Cabo or something, which is all, which is beautiful. But if you create these things, then all of a sudden you have seven different options, like I was telling you, and it is doing less with more. And it's, it, is, it is something that we strive for. And all of a sudden, we have this great combination that in my golf world, and now in your golf world, we haven't seen it. So it's, it's great. We hope that and think that this concept will and could have that butterfly effect and even change development or big development, housing development, et cetera, as we know it. So it's, uh, it's a great, great, great. We're very, very happy with this, with this project. Yeah. It's like an idea within an idea almost, you know, exactly. The butterfly represents more than just the surface level of the course. Yes, exactly. It's really what goes out to the cosmos, if I may, and then comes back. You know, it's when you do these things for the correct reasons, when you're thinking of how to enhance nature, how to get more, but with, but with less, you know, it would have been very easy 
to say we need 27 or 36 holes because we have the land. It would have been very easy. And if this was 1980 or the 90s, maybe that would have been the solution. But again, responsibility. We should have and embrace a responsibility like a doctor. If you don't need an operation on your knee and you just need a massage, I don't need to put you on, I don't need to cut you open. It is that, that type of ethics that we need to have as golf course architects. Right. It goes into, kind of encapsulates your, um, the motif of your presentation uh, for the PGA show was about thinking outside the box to increase ROI, not just for the developer, but for the game as a whole. And that the four by six idea is certainly thinking outside the box. Uh, so <laughs> Thank that, you. I, I commend you for that. I'm looking forward to seeing more details come through on that. Anything else you can share or want to share about that? Project? Would would love to share because we have a combination that I have never had in my 23 years as an architect. I have invited my dear friend, Brandel Chambly from Golf Channel to join me on this adventure of the four by six, the butterfly effect with, and I could not find a better partner for uh, specific exclusive projects like Brandel. He is an intellectual. He is, you know, his analytics, his stats really, really raise the bar when it comes to architecture, challenges me as, a, as the artistic side of architecture. So now we're going to have, uh, we like to describe it, the left brain and the right brain with a perfect design swing. So uh, it, is, it is something that we're very much looking forward to this to the extent that he came up with the idea of one of the sixes we can create for, to uh, adapt and to play for specifically for LPGA players. There are no golf courses designed specifically for an LPGA player. And that's going to be very exciting with all of his analytics, like I say, all his stats that where, you know, the, the uh, dispersion cones, the lengths on the second shots and the third shots, that's going to be just an amazing experience to be able to work with him on this project and whatever comes in the future for us. That's all very exciting. Um, I didn't know that LPGA aspect of it too. That's, that's remarkable. Um, and we've talked to Brandel as well for the magazine. So we know he's a, a big ideas guy and, and, and is very knowledgeable. It's going to bring a lot to that project. Do you have um, a timeline? Where are you at with things right now? And, and what, when do you expect maybe to, to see things come to fruition? Well, we are designing it right now as we speak. We're in the, uh, in the conceptual phase. It's already done. That's when we came and justified the butterfly effect. Now we're working on the detailed planning and starting the building plans. So in about, uh, for, for this summer, we should have the building plans and we should have the, uh, all of the maquettes and uh, models and VR uh, lenses. Uh, I, I, I like doing that as well with our designs. I go VR, I do my Oculus and, and have all of that 360 so that you can enjoy it before we build it. And, uh, and now it would only be up to the developer on when to 
start the movement of the first stone. Obviously, permits and everything, but everything is is going very well. We're gonna we're we're thinking it's going to really resonate around the world, and obviously with you know with uh, your interest in this, Al, it's all it's all it all it's also part of the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect cannot happen if the media effect is not there. So, <laughs> thank you very much. I really appreciate your interest in in our work. Sure. Uh- I just inherently interested. So I'm happy to do it. Congratulations on all your success. I know you just opened a new design studio in San Diego. So you're, you're becoming more widespread. If someone wants to learn more about you, how can they do that? Oh, we're very excited about the San Diego office. Very, very excited. So, uh, so yes, thank you. In, uh, in Instagram, we're, uh, it's uh, Pisa Golf at P-I-Z-A Golf. Uh, and you can find uh, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, website, and also if you're if you like to hashtag multi-purpose golf, wellness golf, golf lounge, or the Pit 2020, you can see all of our uh, out of the box thinking projects. And uh, we would love to hear about you. We would love to interact. Uh, Brando and I love tweeting about different ideas. So uh, catch us uh, on Twitter or on Instagram. We love it. Very good. Well, thank you again for the time. I appreciate all your insights uh, and your unique perspective on the game is, is much appreciated. Thank Look you. forward to thank catching up again soon and, and learning more about what you have coming we, uh, down the line. We will, though. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and, and again, from all of us here at Pisa Golf, we're very happy to be able to showcase our work through your audience. Thank you again. Awesome. Thanks.